At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a tremendous hour for you guys. In 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by Scott Reichel. He does amazing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and we're going to be joined by him, taking a look at a little bit of an initial look at the Super Bowl, but on top of that, we've got some NBA action breakdown and just going to get his thoughts on the landscape of the NBA in general because it is a sport that you're on the Greg Peterson experience. A little bit harder to do overnight previews of because, well, many of you guys have been watching the NBA. You have been realizing this much like myself. Lots of load management, lots of rosters, or I should say lineups that are very much TBD until like 90 minutes before tip. So makes that a little bit difficult and we don't want to just be giving you guys random picks. We want to give you guys winning information and got to do our best to be able to deliver that. And we're going to be able to deliver that with Scott in 15 minutes. And we're able to do that in college basketball as well. I mentioned it just before this segment. We're going to be taking a look at the Colonial. And let me tell you, the hour number two pro tip of there's always going to be variance in just sports betting in general. It's going to be both hot and cold for you. Well, there was a lot of variance with this team on Saturday, and I think that it's going to go back to what it normally is as we're going to do our fade of the good old Monmouth team, 747-748 on the betting board. Monmouth, a eight-point home underdog against Delaware with a total between 135 and 135.5. This opened up 8.5 in a lot of spots. Now we're seeing this move to 8, and I frankly have no idea why. This is a Monmouth team that prior to them going off for 79 points, somehow, someway against North Carolina A&T, they must have just eaten their Wheaties that day or something like that. They had scored 66 points or fewer in 10 straight games, and they had scored 57 points or fewer in 9 of them. This team is horrible. I have no idea why this team didn't go out and try to acquire, I don't know, anything in the transfer portal, but they didn't. And as a result, Monmouth has went from a team that, if you remember last year, Monmouth was one of your good money-making teams in the non-conference schedule. A 20-win team. I like King Rice as a coach. I don't like this roster. For Monmouth, the question is, what do they do right? I mean, they are in the bottom 30 nationally in terms of both offensive and defensive efficiency. 
They shoot about 62% the free throw line. They shoot 26.5% from three-point range. They've got one guy in Miles Foster that gives you 12.5.6 rebounds per game. Only double-figure scorer on the team. Only guy that gives you north of 4.5 rebounds per game. It's horrible. Meanwhile, you've got a Delaware team that they were dealing with an injury to Jameer Nelson Jr. Yeah, Jameer Nelson's son is now playing college basketball, but that being said, he has been able to do a solid job for the Delaware team all season long. He's been able to chip in their 17.5 points per game. He was injured a little bit towards the beginning part of the season. Now he's back at the fold. He's picking up right where he left off, and here and Jair Davis in the backcourt are able to combine for about 10.5 rebounds per game in Delaware. Should be able to manhandle down low. You've got a Delaware team that also has Christian Ray, who's been able to chip in their eight rebounds per game. He is going to be able to control things down low in this game as you've got Kelman Vulga, who down low for Monmouth is able to give you about four and a half rebounds per game, but he's leaving quite a bit of something to be desired as well. And I take a look at the Selware team, and they've been able to get a little bit more recently out of E.B. Asamoah, someone who I've been... Waiting to bust out. He's only been able to give you right around 7 to 8 points per contest, but still able to give you a little bit of production on that front. It's a Delaware team that they do have their defensive woes as well. Turns points a lot on a per-possession basis. It's a Delaware team that's clocking in 244th, and it's a pair of teams that they're not necessarily super-duper slow, but they're not going to be looking to just run it down your throat either. It's a Mammoth team that in terms of possessions per game, right around 206th, Delaware they're outside the top 200 as well, 242nd to be exact with them. So circumstance where I think that we're going to see Monmouth get back on the train of scoring 57 or fewer. I think that it's going to be a relatively sad display from them. And I do think that Delaware is going to be able to get a nice size win in this one. I set my total at 138 half diving under. And I set Delaware as a 12 and a half point favorite. I just cannot side with Monmouth. I've got them very, very low in my metrics. And the reason why is that they stink. So. I'm going to be willing to lay it here with Delaware, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. Let's take a look at the team that many, many people are very curious about in the Colonial because they took a very rare loss, and now they look to bounce back. 767, 768 on the big board. College of Charleston. It's the road they're facing off against Drexel. Drexel opened up a 6.5-point underdog. Now we're finding this anywhere between 7 and 7.5. With your total between 141 and a half, and I'm seeing as high as a 143 and a half where I sit at circa, and very befuddling to see this total going upward because for Charleston, they've, as much as we love to talk about their offense, they've honestly been a little bit of a better defensive team than they have been an offensive team. This is Charleston's team that they rank 53rd in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, and it travels. They only give up 0.8 points more per one hundred possessions in a roadside neutral court environment than they do at home. And it's a Charleston team that they really build themselves around just swarming to the ball, getting a bunch of steals, getting a bunch of rebounds. It's not a great shooting team per se. They just do an amazing job of playing as a cohesive unit, going nine deep. You've got one guy in Dalton Bolin who's able to give you 13 points per game, and then you've got the transfer from Wofford who's been able to do a good job of being able to throw out the ball, giving you about four assists per contest. He's been able to do a nice job in Ryan Larson. And then for the flip side, for Drexel, this is a squad that is looking to take the air out of the ball. They're in the bottom 40 in the country in terms of total possessions per game, but they rank 51st in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. I like what you're able to get out of Amari Williams down low. He's been able to give this team right around nine rebounds. He gives you a steal and a half and a block for contest. And that is going to be very, very important in this game because I just mentioned it with the College of Charleston. Not necessarily a great shooting team per se but the reason why they put up such good offensive numbers is because they are number 12 in the country in terms of offensive rebound rate they get a offensive rebound on about 34.2 percent of their misses and if you look at them on a roadside shooter court this climbs a fifth when they're away from home they rebound 35.8 percent of their missed shots that is absolutely ridiculous the big thing for drexel is being able to hold up in the backcourt because i do think that amari williams is Going to be able to do a solid job down low. You've got Colotel, Washington, along Justin Moore. You need more out of them. About 19.5 points per game out of these two gentlemen. They combined to shoot sub 28% from three-point range. But Drexel has been able to do a little bit of a better job with their offense recently. It is a Charleston team that prior to the game that they played against Hofstra, against Hofstra, they allowed north of 80 points. They lose that game outright. And 
Thus, we are finding them no longer in the top 25, but prior to that game, they had really allowed 65 points or fewer in each other previous five games. I do think that you are going to see Charleston get back to basics, but I think that Delaware is going to be able to hold in there in a game that I think that they're going to have a little bit of success slowing down. Drexel has been able to slow down darn near every single one of the opponents that they have played thus far this season. I think that there's a lot of love for Charleston, which is why they're getting the betting attention. I'm going to be willing to side with the underdog that not a lot of people are betting right now. I set Charleston as a six and a half point favorite. I felt like the opener was spot on. Now that we're getting seven halves with Drexel, I'm going to be willing to take the points and I think that this is going to be a slow, grimy game. So I'm total 136 half, diving under, and I'm going to be wanting to take the points with our good friends at Drexel. How about if we hit upon a team that has been not so great on defense for much of the year, but they're starting to turn over a little bit of a new leaf. We go 779, 780 on the betting board. It is UNC Wilmington playing us in North Carolina A&T. North Carolina A&T, a 9-9.5 point underdog with your total 138 to 138 and a half. I recognize that North Carolina A&T, if you look at raw points on a per-possession basis, they're a team that ranks in the bottom 50 in the country, but look no further than the first time that these two teams played that North Carolina A&T is able to have some defensive success. First time these two teams played, about three, maybe four weeks ago, it was a 66-61 sizzler. You saw UNC Wilmington get the win, but they were unable to get the cover, and I do think that this is going to be another spot where North Carolina A&T is going to be able to hold in there. I set my line at 8, so here at 9, it is a 5-point for me. you got a North Carolina A&T squad that has been able to do a better job with their defense. They've given up 71 points or fewer in 7 out of their last 9 games. I recognize that it's a A&T team that is going to give up the arc a little bit, but it's a UNC Wilmington team that felt like they shoot amazing from 3-point range. They're dealing with a little bit of a injury to Saikim Phillips. He is one of their main backcourt pieces, a guy that gives you eight and a half points per game now. He shoots a whopping 7.7% from three-point range, but Wilmington has a hope. They shoot about 32.7% from three-point range. Trezarian White, along with Malik Harden-Hayes, have been able to combine for about 24 points per contest. You get a little bit over 10 rebounds per game out of these two gentlemen, and then you got guys like a Nick Farrar, Donovan Newby's whole is greater than some of its parts approach with this team that are able to give you some contributions, but... This is a UNC Wilmington team that has been able to get their slow, grimy tempo in so many games this year. 344th in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game. They go up against an A&T team that shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. you got some nice pieces with this team. Demetri Corton, who comes in from Fort Wayne, has been able to shoot over 40% from three-point range. Ships in their five rebounds per game. Austin Johnson, the UC Irvine transfer, has been able to give you about five and a half points, five and a half boards at a block per contest, and... Cam Woods, the first time these two teams played, he went 6 of 9 from 3-point range. That was very nice, and he's able to give you right around 18.5 points per game. I do think that he's not going to go 6 of 9 from 3-point range once again, but I do think that he's going to be able to give a relatively solid performance. It's a spot where I expect a little bit more scoring than the first time around, but North Carolina a has been much improved on defense. You got a UNC Wilmington team that against the spread over all the last two years, they've been a top 10 cover eight team, but I think that A&T actually matches up really well in this spot. I'm willing to take nine to nine and a half with North Carolina A&T. Semi-total at 136, so also diving under. What we're going to be diving in on next is some NBA and Super Bowl coverage with our good friend Scott Reichel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Here on the flip side on the Greg Peterson Experience, I'm Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Next weekend will be the last weekend of football, and BetRivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be because you could win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing in our exclusive BetRivers Squares this football season. Place a qualifying wager of $10 or more, and you get a square on the house. If your numbers on the square match up with the final score of the game, you win restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligibility, bonus, and credit use. Terms and conditions are available at BetRiversSquares.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Being joined now by Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Does a great job, especially with their NBA show. And we're going to talk a little college basketball with Scott coming up in the second segment with him as well. And Scott, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. I know that there's some all-star breaks in the horizon. Hockey's taking a break, so I kind of pivoted over to college basketball. And that's what I like to see. And you pick some mid-major games as well, which always warms my heart because you're always able to bet on all the teams out there in the Big Ten, the ACC, what have you, but always have to give some love to things like the Summit League, the Patriot League, because you're able to make money on those schools as well. And certainly you're able to make money on the Super Bowl. You're not going to be able to make money on Thursday with the Super Bowl just because the Super Bowl is not going to be played on Thursday. But that said going to be a big event here with the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs right now point and a half underdog totals anywhere between 50 and a half and 51 what have you made out of the line movement with this game because I do think that the initial line from the Kansas City Chiefs being a two and a half point favorite moving was relatively warranted I felt like it moved a little bit too dramatically earlier in the week and I think that we're starting to get to that right number where the Philadelphia Eagles should be a very, very slight point, point and a half or so favorite. Yeah, I agree. I think the Eagles should be around one and a half or one, which is where they are. They're the deeper overall team. That's really the main breakdown for me. As for where I'm looking to bet this, I think I'm going to have to wait it out, to be honest with you, because both quarterbacks are a bit banged up. We saw Mahomes battling on one leg, basically, the entire week, and we saw him. I know he drew the 15-yard penalty there. He didn't look that spry running down the sideline. Let's put it that way. But you saw Jalen Hurts in the playoffs. He didn't have to do much in pretty much any of the games that he's been in in the playoffs, but he hasn't exactly looked that sharp with his arm either, and he's potentially still battling a shoulder issue. So I think I'm going to wait it out and try to see how these quarterbacks are actually progressing throughout the next week and a half to see if their injuries are still lingering or if they're close to 100%. You're happy about the extra layoff time because of the fact that they both can get healthy and you might get a better game because of it. But when it comes down to the overall pick for the game, I got to wait and see what the quarterback's health is next week because that's really the main storyline for me. 
And there's no rush to really bet this as well, because if you're taking a look at either side, I don't think that this at any point is going to be able to get to three unless if there's something totally dramatic, like one of these quarterbacks falls off the roller coaster and breaks every bone in their body to use the dodgeball term. That's really the only way that you're going to see a really dramatic line move. So I'm right there with you. And when it comes to both of these teams outside of the quarterback spot, because I'm right there with you, I think that it's very important to take a look at them. And I really can't place a bet on either side until I see that. But I do think that it is interesting to take a look at both of these defenses. And I do lean a little bit more towards the under because it's a Philadelphia Eagles defense that has done a good job of everything except for really stopping the ground game. And with the Chiefs, even with Patrick Mahomes dealing with that ankle sprain on Sunday, they really weren't willing to run the ball at all. Yeah, Cincinnati was very good against the run all season long, so I'm not exactly surprised. They kind of focus more on the pass game. And truth is, anytime you try to run the ball when you have Mahomes as your quarterback, the defense kind of wins by default because <laughs> you kind of just mean Mahomes isn't going to throw the ball in that particular play. I think they'll run the ball more in this game. It's really going to come down to that Chiefs offensive line against that Philly defensive line, which is a battle of two of the best units at their respective spots in the entire league. And that Eagles pass rush is historically great. If you want to look at the sack numbers for the entire season, when you're in a stat that's kind of rivaling, that's that's near the 85 Bears, that kind of tells you how good your defense has been this season at getting after the quarterback. And Mahomes, the issue is not even just the running game. It's also the inability to elongate plays like he's known for with even compromised movement. That could be a serious problem for Kansas City as the game progresses. But once again, I got to wait and see how the, how the ankle is actually going to look closer to game time. Yep, absolutely. I'm right there with you on that front. And I also do think that it's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs match up with the Eagles as well. Because the Eagles, they're a team that is very willing to run the ball as well. And with Jalen Hurts. He certainly is a big part of that, but Miles Sanders is someone that has been able to find some holes. Gainwell is someone that I've been really liking as well. I took his over in terms of the NFC Championship game that I was able to get there very easily. So I thank Mr. Gainwell for that. But how do you view this matchup between the Chiefs defense and the Eagles offense as a whole? Because with the Chiefs, something that I always notice with them is that their numbers could be a little bit warped towards the end of the year in that they always start out really, really bad on defense, but they seem to always round into form and play their best towards the back half of seasons. That is true. The Chiefs, for me, the defensive line we know is very good with Chris Jones and with Frank Clark. That's a given. The problem is I still don't like their secondary. It's been an issue for most of the year, and I know Snead suffered a concussion in that game against Cincinnati. Hopefully he's back in the lineup, but we'll see there. The issue that you run into is the fact that you have a pretty young secondary against Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Now, I mentioned that Hurts hasn't really done much through the air in the playoffs so far. He hasn't needed to because he faced off against Daniel Jones and some combination of Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson and one pass attempt by Christian McCaffrey. But he hasn't had to do much, but the shoulder still might be an issue. So um, if Hurts is back to close to full strength, I have my doubts about Kansas City's secondary here because... Devontae Smith, we know how great he was in the last couple of months. A.J. Brown, we know how great he can be. Been a bit quiet lately, but we know how talented he is. I'm not sold on this Kansas City uh, secondary, and I really feel like that defensive line bails the Chiefs' defense out in a lot of ways. And the Eagles, with their great offensive line, if they can at least limit that pass rush from Jones and from Clark, I have doubts if Kansas City's secondary is going to hold up for an entire game. Yep, I think that that's a very fair concern. It's a Chiefs secondary that had Tyron Matthew a few years ago. They no longer have quite that sort of presence, so they're a little bit diminished on that front. And just in terms of the prop market and what you might be taking a look at, is there a certain way that you do play player props slash just overall game props in the Super Bowl? Because I know that there are some that if they like the over, they're going to be taking a bunch of overs. If they like the under, they take a bunch of player prop unders. And then there are those that like to diversify. What is sort of your approach to it? For me, I always expect a lower scoring first half. I know usually you have to lay points for the second half to be a higher scoring half. But I think if you want to go for totals, I don't exactly mind live betting them. If you want to take the under, maybe you could probably take it full game uh, early before the game. And then maybe live bet an over for a middle there. But usually you see a feeling out process in the first uh, quarter or so. It's why the Patriots were famous for never scoring in the first quarter, and people made a boatload of money back in that trend for a while. But 
I expect the feeling out process early on. I think you'll see both teams kind of trying to feel out the opposition before potentially taking some shots. But I think early on you'll see a pretty, I don't want to say boring game, but maybe a little bit so. And then it'll open up more as the game progresses. But one prop I am looking at is the combined sacks in the game. I like the over here. I do think you'll end up seeing both defensive lines have success. We know that with Frank Clark and with Chris Jones, they can generate pressure a lot. And Kansas City's offensive line is good, but this Eagles defensive line is the best at, ru at rushing the quarterback. And with Mahomes' compromised mobility, I do think you might end up seeing a decent amount of quarterback pressures in this game. So early on, I'd say my first prop that I like is the over in sacks for the full game for both teams combined. I think that that's a good look. And we're going to be talking all about the Super Bowl here on the network for the next 10 plus days with all of our guests. And Scott, I know that you're going to have a lot more when it comes to a little bit closer game time because you, much like me, are gauging the health of the quarterbacks. But something else that you're gauging as well as a little bit of tennis for tomorrow. I know that you've got a little bit of a play when it comes to Jasmine Polini against Erica Andreev. So take me through what you like in terms of this match with Polini about a minus 170 favorite. Yeah, so going to the women's tour here, going to go with uh, Paolini at uh, minus two and a half games at minus 125. This is the second meeting on hardcore between these two players. They played last year, and Paolini absolutely destroyed her. She won 6-1, 6-1. And I am a bit concerned for Andriva's stamina because she had to go through qualifying this event. So she had to play a lot of extra matches. Paolini really did not. And based on what I've seen in the head-to-head -head and how they've looked so far in this event, Andreva's been fine, but I think that Paolini is just a better player in general. And when you beat somebody 6-1, 6-1 a couple months ago, and now the line's only two and a half games at minus 125, that's pretty tempting, and I feel like it's pretty difficult to avoid. So I'm going to go with the player that I've seen dominate this particular opponent in the past. I'll take him to win by three-plus games. Yep, and with regards to the tennis schedule, as we know, the Aussie Open was certainly a big one. We saw... Novak Djokovic be able to get back up there on the panel. But with that said, still a lot of events to be able to take a look at. And I know that, Scott, you do an amazing job with that. But, Scott, I know that one of your main specialties is also being able to gauge basketball in general since over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, you do a lot of their basketball-based podcasts. So coming up next, we're going to hit all forms of basketball. Scott has a few plays with regards to mid-major college basketball. And I know that he's got a player, too, with regards to the NBA tougher to gauge the NBA just overnight with all the load management, but Scott does a great job with that, so we're going to be chatting about it next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Vison, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The big game means big plans over here at VSN. VSN will be in the middle of the action and broadcasting live from Radio Row in Phoenix with athlete and celebrity interviews and our experts breaking down the game. You won't want to miss any of VSN's coverage. Huddle up and watch the Lombardi Line. Follow the money, VSN Final Countdown, and VSN Prime Time all from Radio Row starting next week for our betting splits expert picks, and big game props, head on over to vsin.com. That is V-S-I-N.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vsin, the Sports Bank Network, and great to be rejoined by Scott Reichel. Does great work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And, Scott, there isn't much in terms of the NBA card for Thursday to bet overnight just because we've talked about this a few different times. Load management, it does take a lot out of these teams, and it makes it very, very... Difficult to be able to gauge, to say the least, but I know that you've got one play in terms of the Heat versus the New York Knicks. The Knicks are a point to a point and a half underdog. Total is about 213, and I actually do like the Knicks because they're one of the few teams that you are able to bet overnight because Tom Thibodeau is so old school that he doesn't sit a lot of guys for load management. So an actual strange thank you to the Knicks for that front, but what are you saying in terms of the Heat and Knicks game? So assuming that the Heat don't bench half their team again, <laughs> I'm going to lean to the Heat money line in the spot. They're just in better form. Heat have won four or five. They've started to kind of piece it together after a very shaky start. The Knicks have lost six of eight. They've been a very streaky team all season long. Now they're currently in a downswing off that painful overtime loss against the Lakers. They're also not very good at home. We know the Knicks are very good ATS on the road. At home, they are only 9-15-2 ATS at MSG. 
And the Heat have done well in the head-to-head. They're 5-1 and one ATS in the last six meetings in MSG. But Miami had a nice win against Cleveland last time out on the road as they won by three. And I feel like Miami, at the end of the day, this should be a very physical game between two teams that, historically speaking, beat each other up pretty well. But I am going to go with the Heat money line here, assuming that everybody plays, because I think that they're in better form. And I just wonder if the Knicks, following that overtime loss, are going to be able to be fully motivated for this game, or maybe some of that loss lingers into this one. But the Heat are extremely annoying to play against because of the physicality that they bring, and I think they'll wear down the Knicks over these 48 minutes, as they have in previous years. So I understand your point about load management, and the Heat are one of the most annoying teams to back overnight because of the load management. But once again, assuming everyone plays, I'm going to lean to the Heat because I think that they're the better team. Yep, I do think that the Heat are the better team. The lone question mark is... Do you have the Heat benching a bunch of guys once again, which that always makes this thing a big, giant pain. So we're in lockstep there, and let's take a look at some college basketball because this is a game that I find to be very fascinating. I don't look at the side as much as I look at the total in this one. This is Pepperdine versus Pacific. Pacific is currently a a 2.5 to a 3-point favorite. I set them as a very slight favorite. The three that I'm seeing is starting to be my buy point on Pepperdine, but this is a total that it's at 158.5 to 159, but you take a look at both of these teams playing no defense whatsoever. I mean, it is ghastly bad. Both of these teams outside the top 250 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Both of these teams gun it. I absolutely love this total over. I think that you get points plenty in this spot, so... That's where I'm looking in terms of this game. Take me through what you're looking at because I know that you've got a little bit more of a side perspective. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the over, though. These teams, as you said before, don't even try to play defense. But I am going to lean the Pacific here, minus the two and a half. I believe it opened up at two, and now it's kind of jumped up a little bit. Pepperdine's lost 10 straight. This team has fallen off a cliff, and they're 0-9 on the road, only 1-8 ATS. Pacific isn't a good team either. These are two of the weakest teams in the conference. But the fact that Pepperdine is 0 for on the road and they've lost 10 straight by at least three points, I'm not exactly, I'd say, sold on backing any part of Pepperdine here. And they already played. Pacific did beat Pepperdine on the road by five in the first meeting. So Pacific, I just think, matches up quite well against this team. Both teams won't play defense. You're right about that. But I'll back the home team against an 0-9 road team that's 1-8 ATS. Yeah, it's been rough for the Pepperdine Waves. And hey, the Pepperdine Waves are 15 and 6 to the over. They're also 6 and 15 against the spread. So that's not too great to say the least. And this is an intriguing matchup, in my opinion. Going to the Summit League, it's North Dakota State and South Dakota. South Dakota, in some spots, is a one point favorite. In some spots, is a one point underdog. I do think that this is a relatively tight matchup here. Totals between 144.5 and 145.5. I'm going to be seeing where this line marinates overnight because we're sort of seeing half the books have South Dakota as a favorite, half the books have North Dakota State as a favorite, but total of 144.5 to 145.5. These are two very slow-tempo teams. North Dakota State, for some reason, was pushing tempo towards the beginning of the year. They realized this is stupid, and they've decided to slow, slow things down. So to their credit, they're getting back to their roots. I personally like this total under. I know that you like a little bit more of a side in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the road team here. I'm going to take the Bison. Uh, I just think that they're in much better form, and I think that they're the better overall team. They've won 6 of 8. You look at their overall record, they're 9 and 13. They're not great, but they got killed out of conference, and they've been pretty good in the Summit this year. They're not as dominant as they have been in years past, but they're still an above-average team. Can't really say the same about the Coyotes. South Dakota's lost 5 of 7. They're entering this game following a casual 50-point loss. 50 to uh, Oral Roberts. Now, Oral Roberts is the best team in the conference. It's not close. They might be a pretty sneaky uh, Cinderella option there to make a Sweet 16 run. But losing by 50 in conference play, I'm not exactly sold on their current form. According to Ken Palm, North Dakota State's also the much better team in basically every metric. Offensive efficiency, defense efficiency, in general, just in the composite ranking, uh, North Dakota State is roughly 66 spots better. And they played already once this season. North Dakota State won the first meeting by 12 at home. And historically, South Dakota never beats this team. North Dakota State is 8-1 and one straight up in the last nine meetings. I understand that this whole game might be close because South Dakota's the home team. They've been okay at home. North Dakota State's been okay on the road, so I think that kind of cancels each other out. But North Dakota State's in better form. And as you said before, they kind of went back to their roots, which is why they started clicking more recently. I think this team's undervalued, especially in the spot. I'm going to take the Bison. 
Yep, and with North Dakota State, they're going to have the size advantage down low. South Dakota, they're going to have the three-point shooting advantage. So it's a case of whether you like the, the low post play or if you like the perimeter offense of these two teams. And then this is one that I find to be very fascinating as well, going out to the Ryzen Lake. You've got Detroit and Cleveland State. Cleveland State, one of the slowest tempo teams in all of college basketball, but has really gotten their offense working, going north of 74 points at each of their last three games. They go up against a Detroit team that, to their credit, Youngstown State is a really efficient offense, and they held them below 75, which is actually a nice feat. And said, Detroit still in the bottom 30 nationally in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but you've got the nation's leading scorer and Antoine Davis on their side as well, and with this one, it opened up with Detroit being a one-point favorite. Now we've seen this slip to Cleveland State being a one-point favorite. Where do you stand on this game? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings here. I'm going to back the line movement. I just think Cleveland State's the much better team. Uh, they've won six of the last seven. Detroit, yes, they do have one of the best scores in college basketball history. The problem is, ever since he's been there, they haven't won anything because the rest of the team's not very good. But Detroit's lost each of the last three games by at least eight points. Cleveland State dominated the first meeting. They won by 15. You mentioned how Cleveland State's offense has kind of gotten it going lately, and Detroit defensively has not been good, which is why Davis's impressive scoring numbers haven't amounted to many wins on the actual record. But uh, Cleveland State has also been very good on the road ATS, as they are 5-0 and ATS in the last five road games. I get the argument that Detroit is the home team, which is why you know they're giving them a lot of credit, because historically they've been pretty good at home. Cleveland State, though, is one of the best teams in the horizon. I think it's pretty safe to say Detroit is one of the worst. I think there's just a talent disparity here. Davis, if Detroit wins this game, he kind of has to go nuclear. And even if he goes nuclear, there's no guarantee they're going to win anyway. I like the scoring depth and overall talent that Cleveland State has in comparison to Detroit. I'm going with the Vikings here. I think this line movement's actually warranted. And I think it'll probably close closer to Cleveland State minus two, maybe minus two and a half. Yep, and if they, if Detroit could get Gerald Liddell back to averaging double-doubles, they might have a little bit of something there. But even without Jaden Stone, a north of 40% three-point shooter that averages 13 points per game. Jordan Phillips, who came in from UT Arlington, averages nine mm -hmm. points per game. He shoots over 40% from three. He's out of the fold as well. So that makes things a little bit rough for Detroit. And if you I, I want to ask you, though, just sorry, one thing about the game. How many points do you think Davis actually needs to score for you to feel comfortable about Detroit winning this game? Like 35? I was about to say north of 30. That's what I'm saying. So the fact that you're relying on one guy to do everything to have a shot at winning the game, I'll take the other team. I don't blame you there. And with regards to Wisconsin versus Ohio State, we've got about a minute for this one. You're a man that you went to Wisconsin. I am from the state of Wisconsin. They're a seven and a half point underdog. Is this too lofty of a line for Wisconsin to get their first cover in 11 games? Yeah, they're 0-10 ATS in the last 10. This team is horrible. They can't score. I still can't believe they almost beat Kansas earlier this year, but that's a separate story. I think I'm going to have to lean to Ohio State. I'd probably look at the first half, but, I mean, do you just blindly take the under with Wisconsin because they can't score? They drain clock. They play good defense. They can't score to save their lives. And, I mean, when you're relying on Crowell and Wall to do everything and they're not really doing enough, I'll lean Ohio State at home. I think I feel better about the first half, but I got to lean under. Maybe Wisconsin team total under. Don't fix what isn't broken. This team can't score. Yeah, they can't score, but you do a great job of lighting up the scoreboard whenever you're on this show, Scott. Scott Reichel does amazing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast. So we're going to close up shop next with my DK Nation pick for college basketball here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99 as VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests, tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving on every single game, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts Break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit visa.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99 to become a part of the Sports Bank Network. That's at vsin.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Along with that as well, you go to visa.com slash picks. You're able to get all the picks that were made by the guests that came on this show tonight. You get my college basketball picks as well. So, we're able to go down the list as it was Scott Rachel who joined me the last two segments. Does great work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So get all that and so much more. And get a little bit of a programming note right now. If you're listening on VSIN.com, watching on YouTube TV, what have you, the Greg Peterson Experience replay is going to be coming up next. So if you miss anything from the show tonight, we've got you guys covered. 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. After that, it is going to be Follow the Money with Mitch Moss, with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. They're going to be going through everything that we've got on the Thursday card, getting guys set for the Super Bowl, and so much more. They always do an amazing job, and I fully expect another tremendous performance out of them. And in the meantime, it's time for me to try to find you guys some money on this college basketball board for the Thursday. Going to give you guys my DK Nation pick, and then we're going to go with some potpourri games as well. So let's get things started with the DK Nation pick. This is 841-842 on the bidding board. Oregon is on the road facing off against Arizona. Arizona is between an 8.5 to a 9-point favorite with your total between 149.5 and 150.5. The 8.5 openers starting to dry up, but even if this slips to 9, heck, this could go to 9.5. I like Arizona in this spot. I set them as an 11-point favorite. Oregon's riding high. They've been able to win four out of their last five games, but I am still not sold on this Oregon team. They do bring in Jermaine Kuznart, who's been playing the last month or so, shooting 37.5% for three, double-figure score, but... It's still a Oregon team that even with them in the fold, they're 320th in the country in three-point shooting percentage. And you go back to the first matchup between these two teams. Oregon got the job done. They won 87 to 68. That was a mirage. They grabbed 10 more rebounds than Arizona, something that Arizona has been able to clean up since that loss. Arizona's run off four straight wins. They've won the rebound battle in all four of their games. And they've got Azul Sabella, along with or Azubas Tabellas along with Umar Balo. These two guys are combining for 35.6 points, 18.7 rebounds, a two and a half blocks per game. Tabellas shoots over 40% from three-point range. And this is just one of two combinations in all of college basketball where both guys average north of nine rebounds per game. The Traders of Long Beach State are the other one. Overall, Arizona, they're number 10 in the country in terms of overall rebound rate. And Oregon, to their credit, they're number 33 with this regard, which explains why they were able to do such a good job on the glass the first time around. But you got to gauge this Oregon team very differently when they're away from Eugene because at home, they've got a rebound rate of 56.1%. So for every 
100 shots that go up, they pull in 56 of them. Their rebound rate on the road shrinks to 49%, and their interior defense significantly worse when they are on the road. They allow opponents to shoot 43.3% from inside the three-point arc when they are at home on the road. This goes to 50%. So not too tremendous there. And I was talking about Jermaine Cousinard, and I know he gives the backcourt of Oregon a little bit of boost. A guy that has not been able to give them a boost this season has been Will Richardson. Will Richardson is right now able to give the team about 13.5 points per game, but he's seen career highs. The 5.5 assists per game, that is a career high, but so is the 3.1 turnovers per game, and this is a career low. 30.9% from three. Prior to this year, he never had more than 2.5 turnovers per game. He never shot below 38.5% from three in any of the previous three seasons as well. It has been all on Will Richardson to be able to manufacture for this office. And as a result, you've got an Oregon team that ranks 230th in the country in terms of overall turnover rate. They're outside the top 100 in terms of offensive efficiency, which is merely the amount of points they score on a per-possession basis. And despite Arizona being one of the most up-tempo teams in all of college basketball, 18th in terms of possessions per game, they have allowed 70 points or fewer in eight out of their last nine home games. They've really been able to get after it when they've been in Tucson. You've got a backcourt that involves Courtney Ramey, Kirk Risa. They combine for 21.5 points. Risa is able to give you about six assists. Both of these guys drain over 37% of their threes. Pelle Larson has good versatility for the team as well. So I do like this Arizona team coming in. And I mentioned the fact that both of the Arizona big men pulling their at least nine rebounds per game. You've got only one player for Oregon. That gives you north of five rebounds per game. And Vali Dante, he's been solid, 13 points, seven rebounds per game. But you're expecting a little bit more out of guys like Khalil Ware and company. You've had Quincy Garrier be a little bit of a bust for this team. So has not been too terrific for this Oregon team. I like Dana Ullman as a coach. As a matter of fact, I used to cover the Oregon Ducks for their flagship station before I came over here to Vison. Cannot back Oregon in this spot. I think Arizona is really starting to find their footing. Made them an 11-point favorite, so DK Nation write-up is going to be on Arizona. I mentioned the fact that they've been really bearing down with their defense when they've been at home. It's an Oregon team that does not play with a lot of tempo. They're right around 250th in terms of total possessions per game. I think that Arizona is going to be out for blood. I think that they're going to be able to get their revenge, and I think that you could see a little bit of a flip score here, and I do think that it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than we saw first time around where Oregon was able to shoot it well from three-point range. I am going to be taking a look at the under. Set my total more around of 147. So here at 149.5, even though it has dropped a little bit in terms of total, still like it under. And my write-up, that is centered around Arizona laying the points. And then let's take a look at a team that has been a pretty big fade all season long out in the Big West. And I'm going to be fading them once again. 839, 840 on the betting board. Cal Poly is going to be on the road facing off against EC Santa Barbara. The Gauchos are a 15-point favorite. And your total is between... 123 and 123 and a half. And with Santa Barbara, I set them as a 15 and a half point favorite. This Santa Barbara team is getting after it on defense. You want to talk about a team that has been able to fire on all cylinders. Top 40 in all of college basketball. Turns the points a lot on a per possession basis. They go, because they go up against the Cal Poly team that they rank in the bottom 35 in terms of possessions per game. It's a Cal Poly team that, I mean, man. It has been really grody with their offense because they turned the ball over 14 and a half times per game. It's a Cal Poly team that even though they play so slowly, they're outside the top 175 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. You've got Elamami Karama along Trayvon Taylor. They've been able to combine for 21 points per contest. Karama is six foot eight. He's able to bury about 40% of his threes, but Cal Poly is whole. They only shoot 29% for three. And for UC Santa Barbara, you've got Andre Kelly who comes in from Cal, as I call him, Andre 3000 Kelly. He's not averaging what he did last season. Last season at Cal, he was averaging 13.5 points, 8.5 rebounds per game, but he's been a good on-ball defender for the team. Ajir Sinai has seen a little bit of a downtick with his scoring. It's really been A.J. Mitchell doing a lot of that, 15.5 points per game, but Miles Norris, the six foot ten combo player that transferred in from Oregon, shoots over 40% from three. Calvin Weisard does a good job of being able to generate steals and just a... Cal Poly team that they brought in a guy in Brian Penn Earl who or Brian Penn Johnson who you thought was going to be able to take over down low at seven foot two he was rated by JucoRecruiting.com as a top 40 Juco recruit and he can't stay out there on the floor he's just a complete liability for this Cal Poly team now I did set my total at 125 and a half I think the Cal Poly going to get completely bludgeoned by a Santa Barbara team that's starting to find their form 
a little bit more on offense. So I'm looking at the over of Santa Barbara. Made them a 15.5 point favorite. So I'm going to be willing to lay the number in this ordeal. And we were talking about Pepperdine versus Pacific. And how neither of those teams are playing defense. Let's look at another pair of West Coast Conference teams. They're also not playing a lick of defense. 825-826 on the betting board. If you like offense, you probably like Portland hitting the road to face off against San Diego. The Toreros are a two-point favorite. Total saying between 161.5 and 162. I made my total 163. I'm looking at the over. First time around, Portland was able to get the win on their home floor, 88-83. to In that first matchup, Portland shot over 50% from three-point range. Meanwhile, San Diego shot 10 of 24 from distance. It is a San Diego team that might have a little bit of a tough time matching up with Moses Wood as Moses Wood has been able to do a solid job being able to give you right around 13 and a half points per contest. He shoots nearly 37% from three. And then Tyler Robertson has done a good job with 15 points, five boards, five assists per game. But it's a San Diego team that out of your top four scorers, they all give you at least 12 points per game. They all shoot at least 35 and a half percent from three-point range. I like Marcellus Erlington being able to give you six and a half rebounds per game. And Eric Williams Jr. comes in from Oregon. He's been able to give you 14 and a half points. Nine and a half boards. I think that you're going to see a reversal in this game. Portland, I don't think, is going to be able to shoot north of 50% from three-point range like they did the first time around. And San Diego, your top over team in all of college basketball. They've had 21 games go up on the betting board. 17 of one over. I think it goes to 18 in the spot. Looking at the over. And I'm looking at San Diego willing to lay up to two and a half with them. And that leads into a VEASAN Pro tip. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these by show and by sport. And the reason why I love college basketball is for this pro tip. No load management in college basketball, so you're able to fire in on it overnight, unlike the NBA. And coming next, you're always able to fire in on great content with Follow the Money. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, they come your way 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.